Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hello and welcome to another episode of Matt and Judd's Hockey Adventure. Matthew Collar and Judd Zolged with you. Um, Judd, the Minnesota Wild, they give you a little bit to make you think, okay, all right, they're about to head back on the right path here. And then they break your heart again. And they, they make you believe for just a second that this season they could get back to the playoff race and that they could compete with any of the teams uh, in the Central Division and then they frustrate you. And that was this last week, especially the game against the L.A. Kings. It was kind of all in that one game where they had the lead and they looked pretty good, and then it all fell apart. Let me just say this, Colin. The notebook is full this week. <laughs> full page of notes. So if you want to start with the Kings, I got. I started doing notes uh, late last week when I, I was at the uh, Saturday game that the Wild played. I got a full page of notes, and many of them are not flattering but yes you're right the king's game the king's game is the type of game that will drive you crazy and you know what let's just start i i know we beat the subject to death so we'll be quick about it but let's just start with the obvious it's two to one right it's two to one it's the third period you're on the road in a close game and matt dumble pinches in and puts ryan Suter in a two-on-one situation Against Anze Kopitar and Marion Gabrick. I mean, what the hell are you thinking if you're Matt Dumba? You know, can I say something real quick on that? Stop. Yeah, go ahead. Stop criticizing the defenseman who gets beat on the two-on-one. Just cut it out. Everybody in the world seems to think that they're an expert on how a guy should have played a two-on-one against two of the best players <laughs> in the world. Stop it. It's not his fault. It's whoever's fault allowed him to be on a two-on-one. That's okay. who that's who you should be looking at, and as you did correctly, that was 100% on Matt Dumba, and it's something, Judd, we brought up from the Buffalo game where Dumba made an incredibly dumb pass up the middle of the ice and nearly gave that game away with a 2-1 to lead. It's like the guy has no idea what the score is or thinks that his team is down all the time because that's a play that you would only make while you were down j- jumping up and being that aggressive instead of just tossing it in and forcing them to go the entire way back. Yeah. It just, but that play and, and the score at that time was two to one wild Gabrick scores. It's two, two. And as far as I'm concerned, the game was over at that point. You gave up two more goals, but I mean, that set a tone and, and, you know what? If this is 1985 and that's Paul Coffey, God bless him. It's a great play. I love it. But it's 2017. It's two to one. Supposedly this this wild team, and I realize that Dumba's not, but they're supposed to be defensively responsible. I mean that to me. And and by the way, this is the start of 
of the West Coast trip that almost every team has to go on, right? It's an incredibly tough trip. You're up by a point. You're hoping to get or up by a goal. You're hoping to get at least a point, if not two. And now you're going to go play the Ducks on Friday with zero points so far. And and the other thing I don't want to hear from anyone for the rest of this year is it's early. It's no longer early. At this time, points matter. And, and yes, you are in a position to get back in a playoff spot. But you know what? There's more and more teams getting between you and that playoff spot. And so that, to me, was the inexcusable play from game one of a road trip that's pretty important. And this is the type of trip, too, where you can be swept. I mean, losing to the Kings, the Ducks, and the Sharks is not beyond belief. So you had a golden opportunity, and you completely ruined it with a stupid play. All right, you have you, you have so many notes that I want you to ju- let's just rapid fire through your notes. You give okay. them, and I will react to your notes because you've got a oh. lot. Okay. Um, note number one comes off of something that you have brought up before, but I want to spin it in a different way. I will start by saying Felino and Ennis stink. Ennis scored against the Kings. I don't. I don't care. They both stink. Adam Henrique. Meanwhile, went from the went from the Devils to the Ducks, and they are going to face him, a center who is pretty good, uh, recently traded. How big of a mistake did Chuck Fletcher make in your mind by not finding a way to make a trade when he dealt um, Scandella for a guy like Henrique instead of two guys who, as far as I can tell, are bottom six forwards and perhaps best served as top six forwards with the Iowa Wild. And, and I, I do feel like we have beaten this trade to death but it really is a crushing blow to this season and if they were to have gotten someone like adam henrique you'd be talking about an entirely different look of this team if your centers were eric stahl miko koivu and adam henrique you would feel pretty darn good about how you look up the middle because uh, henrique is a guy that is pretty much a 20 goal scorer i mean i think he pot- potted 30 once but he's more of a 20 goal guy but he plays hard his cap hit isn't that gigantic and with Ennis the cap hit is what drives you the most crazy it's not that they took a risk on a guy who hadn't scored in a while it's that his cap hit is 4.6 and that just handcuffs you for anything that you want to do uh, at the trade deadline or, or in free agency that you could have done and that's where I'm just really at a loss did you love Felino so much you'd take that cap hit? Well, Felino has three goals in, in in 26 games. I mean, he was never a big-time scorer. That was never going to happen. You were just getting a role player. So that's that's where it baffles me. But to your point, Sammy Votnin, a top-four defenseman, different player than Scandella, but still a top-four defenseman, very valuable. It just, were you in such a bad position that that was the only offer you could bring in? Because if there were other offers out there, uh, I, I mean, we'll never really know what they are. But I would have taken prospects, picks. You would have taken nothing on the current roster and been in the same place you are now. Because you have gotten a grand total of 18 points from these two guys. Or is it even less than that? No, it's uh, yeah, uh, 17 points. 17 points total from Marcus yep. Foligno and Tyler Ennis. And, yep. and, not, and no defense from Ennis. No penalty killing. Felino plays 12 minutes a night. He's not giving you anything like that. The toughness thing, way overrated with Marcus Felino. He's a yep. great he's a great guy, but he's not the grittiest player of all time like he gets made out to be. So, I, I mean, that that's the thing is where you, you took a very valuable asset and got pretty much nothing back. 
it when you see a trade like that for Vatan and for Henrique, that's got to drive you crazy. And for a center, too, which leads me to the next thing in my notebook, which is back in my crosshairs after a year off, because I actually thought he was pretty good last year, but he just got a two-year contract extension, which is really akin to a three-year extension because it runs, it, the contract doesn't start, or the new contract doesn't start until next season, is Miko Koivu, who has not scored a goal since, wait for it, late October, 18 games, no goals in November in the first part of this month. Miko Koivu has to give you more. I understand he can win you face-offs, Matthew, and I understand that he that he regularly matches up against the other team's top line. But all of that being said, he is playing a lot with Zucker and Granlund, and he has to be able to score some goals. Uh, you know, Judd, I, I don't want to turn this into the Look How Right I Was podcast, but I will. Uh, go, go right ahead. It's driving me crazy. Miko Koivu's career shooting percentage, 9%, 9.1. Okay. okay. Last year it was 13%. And in the off season, we looked at it. And when he signed that contract, we looked at it and said, you know, a guy who's his age, who just shot 13%, which is 4% over his normal shooting percentage is probably not going to continue to do that. And this mm -hmm. year, and it may change, but this year he's at 5.7%. So it'll probably go up a little bit, but he had about a decade of not, clearing 10 percent and then he has 13 of course he was bound to go back down with his shooting percentage his on ice shooting percentage which means for everybody was one of the highest in the nhl like just everyone when he's on the ice that's more luck than it is great play a lot of the time of course steven stamkos can boost your shooting percentage or Sidney crosby but he's not playing with either one of those guys it was bound to drift back down and sure. I expect this type of play from Miko Koivu. He's a guy that, in some of his better years, scored like 11 goals. I mean, it's not a bit, you know 30 goal score. His career high is 22, and that happened in 2009-10. Yep. So that's not what I really expect from him. It's yep. th this is more about the general manager and the moves that were made. And you you have to wonder, Judd. I guess where I'm at with with that, with the trade and what happened this off season is. How much of it should we look at Chuck Fletcher and say, you botched so much this offseason? And, and, and by the way, Cody Franzen last night was playing on the top pair for Chicago. That's a PTO guy. I was watching the game, a yes. A tryout guy who yep. was really one of the best defensemen in Buffalo over the last couple of years. Not saying a lot, but an NHL guy. And you have to cut Kyle Quincy. You just have to get rid of Kyle Quincy and wave him. But yet yes. here's a guy who was available to every single team and would have signed with you for almost any amount of money. And now he's playing for Chicago on their top pair with Duncan Keith. It, it just so how much but how much of this? So that's a blatant one. But how much of this do I look at Chuck Fletcher, the general manager? You made the mistakes. And how much do I say it was really the ownership pressure to try and make some win now type of moves, including signing Koivu long term? Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's a little bit split, but where I'm starting to be driven absolutely crazy again is this. Kyle Quincy, for instance. I love the story. When they put him on waivers a week and a half back, they basically came out and said that Kyle Quincy told them originally that he was, was willing to play left or right defense and that I think they were going to slot him in on the right side, if I'm not mistaken. And then Quincy came back when the season started and said, oh, no, 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 I have to play on the left side. And Mike Riley said, okay, I'll play on the other side. 
And Mike Riley, who should be made as comfortable as possible if he's going to play here, had to play on his offside. That's ridiculous. Um, the Suter thing, as you know, drives me absolutely crazy, which is that, that until Spurgeon was hurt, and, and we can certainly talk about that because that's a key loss, until Spurgeon was hurt, Suter insisted on playing with Spurgeon instead of playing with a lesser player who he could prop up and help. Um, but, Collar, I a couple nights ago I, I was at the game, and I picked up the line charts, and I started to highlight the guys who I thought were sort of just guys or not even that. And on the forward lines, on each of the top two lines, I had one guy apiece who was just a guy, who was a complete just a guy. On the third line, I think two two of the three. And on the fourth line, not surprisingly, including Cullen, it was three guys. And then you had a guy like Quincy playing too. So I, you're, you're at a point here where if you're this team, you strongly have to consider potentially making trades and saying, you know what, as much as, as we, we would like to contend, Parisi's hurt. I have no idea when he's back. And we either need to start to get young players and draft picks because if we continue to go down this path, we're just going to be average to bad and we're never going to improve ourselves. So if Fletcher now, if the mandate to Fletcher is, well, continue, continue to be as good as possible, the fans aren't going to win. Fletcher's going to get fired and, and Leopold's going to drive us all up the wall. I think How's that for what I might, that's a great answer. What I might look at if I were Chuck Fletcher is can I get the Florida Panthers or the Carolina Hurricanes to take Tyler Ennis's contract off of my hands for a couple draft picks? Can I create some space to make another move where I can deal somebody else to stack this team up a little better in the forward group? Because then we could probably make the playoffs, but still you're not going to be a Stanley Cup contender. But Maybe, maybe you can compete a little bit more, uh, but otherwise, you know, that, that point about the lineup is exactly why I said, Judd, stack up all of your talent in the top six and just try to figure it out otherwise, because those players are dragging down your good players. So just, mm-hmm. just put everyone who you think is good. It's a really, maybe a silly notion to a head coach. I don't know, but I, I think you just throw everyone on the ice who are your best players for your top six, give them the most minutes, try to survive otherwise. And I also like the move to get Joel Erickson Eck back up. He played extremely well in the AHL. Maybe he's got some confidence. He had a 2% shooting percentage in those 20 games, which probably means bad luck more than it means that he was really that terrible. Uh, Mm -hmm. So maybe you've got yourself a chance there, but Man, I mean that that it, it everything kind of just comes back to that trade, everything that we end up talking about and just this offseason not finding players to really fill out the roster. All right, next item. Next item is this Jared Spurgeon's loss. Now 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 this is beyond their, their control, but there are reports that this is not just a one or two week thing that this could be a month or more than Oof. that. That that loss is is astronomically important. And if anything, that also leads me down the path of what can I do to improve my team for next year, including going to a guy like Eric Stahl and saying, Eric, you have a limited no trade, but you're 30 plus. Where can we move you to give you a chance to win a cup, you know, be a third line guy? Um, Because Jared Spurgeon's loss. I mean, this defense went from being pretty deep with Scandella to not being deep to without Spurgeon. It's not only not deep, it's not really that good. 
Uh, yep, I would agree with that. And uh, Nate Prosser is not going to solve your problems. Um, he can play in the NHL, but that's about it. And, yep. uh, man, Gust- Gustav Olofsson, a guy that you maybe should have traded. Like, I, it's, you know, small sample last year, just not a whole lot of ice time. But when I watch him now, I see not a whole lot there, not a high ceiling, not a ton of potential, just kind of another guy. And you think, well, there goes any sort of trade value that might have been there. Um, not that they could have afforded a whole lot under the cap anyways. I have no solution for this team because of the players. I mean, yep. R- Ryan Murphy is just not a very good player, and Kyle Quincy wasn't a very good player, and Prosser isn't a very good player. And all of them are kind of guys you wouldn't mind having as your number seven. And the same thing with Mike Riley. If that's your number seven, that's okay, but you're asking th- these guys to take on – fairly big roles and we kinda, we kind of knew that last year that if they lost anybody they could move scandela up but they still would be really shaky on that bottom pair and yep. now with scandela traded and spurgeon hurt you are in really bad shape and spurgeon too is the best player on the team i think oh he's fantastic I, he is fantastic he's fantastic but yeah if, if he's out for a, a month or more i am seriously have to be thinking to myself okay what can i do to improve this team for next year oh, and beyond. Know. Yeah, I don't I because I, no, there's no cap now, room. Well, no, 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 but I but I'm saying draft picks or prospects. Yeah. yeah I yeah. I'm I'm saying at some point at some point in time unless you want to go for the 8 seed, but I mean you're not going to be that good. But if you want to go for for the 8 seed, I think it's a mistake. But if I'm the Wild at some point I look at my no trade guys and I look at the guys who are getting long in the tooth and would possibly benefit from a move like Stall and I might go to them and say, can we waive the no trade so I can get, you know, a prospect or a draft picks for you? Because it's just, I mean, I'm telling you, go down the line charts and you're so un- underwhelmed. And Parisi might come back, I don't know, in January or February, but he has a, we, we've talked about this a thousand times. He's got a back problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no guarantee he comes back. And I get it. Parisi and Suter signed here to try to win. And guess what? If I make trades, they're going to be upset. I don't care at this point. I mean, their window is probably done. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean that that Suter can't continue to be productive. But the window of hey, these two are going to lead us to a Stanley Cup is probably done. I've got to look at what can I do to get as much talent as possible. So when ho- hopefully this next crop of talent comes, because that leads me to the next point in my notebook, sir, which is this: that young core. I believe that Nino has done a nice job of developing, but do you remember when we were talking about Nino and Granlund? And Granlund had a pretty good year last year. He was good, but we were talking about Nino and we were talking about Granlund and Coyle. That young core, I think, has sort of settled into being who they are, and I don't think that's the core that's going to lead you to a Stanley Cup. Well, it goes back to the career years of last year. Mikel Granlund, his shooting percentages for his first four years did not clear nine. And then last mm-hmm. year, and then last year was almost fifteen. This, mm-hmm. this year, it's right back down to normal. <laughs> I mean, th- th- this, this is Mikel Granlund. This is the guy that played for you all those other years. And last year was a special season, and everyone stayed healthy, and they had a, a good team with depth, and they scored a lot. But also, you know, you give another year for people to figure you out too. So if you're playing this Koivu Granlund and Zucker line. And your whole strategy is to try and win a face-off in the defensive zone and then fly up the ice. Well, after teams see that for a whole season, they start to go, 
hey, you know, I think I've noticed what they do every single time, and maybe we can find ways to shut it down. And that, I think, is, is part of the reason why Granlund isn't playing as well as he is now. And there's nothing in his numbers to indicate that, oh, well, it's coming. It's on the way. Soon he'll be that 69-point player again. I, I don't see that. And then there was the injury that slowed him down. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, what it goes to is even though they had a nice year last year and maybe the ownership got convinced that they should do that again when all the signs pointed toward they won't do that again, all these players are who we thought they were. And Nino Niederreiter is a really great top six complementary winger who can mm-hmm. score and is a great possession player and he's you know big and, and makes plays. Yeah, okay, great, but he's not a franchise-type player. And you could say nice things about every single guy, but you always kind of come back to that. And, you know, the only guy that's really living up to the expectation that he set last year is Eric Stahl. And and maybe it, if, if you were doing this with no ownership, if you and I own the team, mm-hmm. we would just say, okay, anybody wants Stahl? Anybody want Zucker? Anybody want anybody, Right. Like Zucker, yes. Zucker's hot. He's got 13 goals, in 27 games, shooting percentage, 20%. Anybody want him? Because we need to retool this thing. And if we're bad for this year, then, oh, well, but the current ownership wants to win with this group. And I just have a really tough time seeing that. And it kind of, it kind of comes back to that, that you're totally right. If you put a lot of these players on the open market that we know who exactly who they are and that they probably can't win, if we put them on the open market, you'd get tons of phone calls. You'd get all sorts of interest yes. in these players, especially yes. the way Eric Stahl's played the last two years, and he's not a long-term player for you. But what they're going to say instead is, how can we get back in the race and get some playoff revenue this year? Right, and and I think what you should be at least contemplating, may, and I don't know if I would do it yet. I think I would personally, and I, I know that you would. I think you should be at least contemplating or discussing heavily who can we trade, what can we do, let's get Cunning back here, let's get Erickson Eck back here, and let's play him. Let's play him as much oh, as possible. Yes, absolutely. And let's not let's 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 get rid of this whole notion of well we got to send them to Iowa because you know Zach or Ryan might not like it if we're not. No, who cares about what they think? And I'm dead serious. I'm tired of it. So let's get those young players back here. Let's move veterans or or uh 25 year olds who are sort of just stuck let's move them uh but let's start to build something as quickly as possible because you are going to get prospects like the greenway kid from out east is going to come here eventually and he's a he's a monster he's good uh he's going to be here the kid from russia i think within the next couple of years heck if you start and, and have a young foundation that drops some games, Riley might be able to start playing, and he might be effective. I think part of the issue right now is the mandate to Boudreaux is to win. Boudreaux is used to playing veteran guys, right? And so I think part of the problem is the young kids feel this pressure because they're like, oh, my God, we've got to win tonight. We've got to win this game and that game. I think if you went in and basically said, okay, we're going to start to try to trade,
Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes. I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you, or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. 